1: plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Hey there, and welcome to Sassy Speaks, the podcast for everything Hong Kong. We've been in the city for 10 years, and now we've decided to take the leap into the brave new world of podcasting. I'm your host, Sarmai, and here are three things you should know about me. I'm part of Team Sassy, pop culture is my jam, and I love talking to anyone and everyone. Every week, I'll be sitting down with two awesome guests. We'll be having candid conversations about everything Hong Kong. From all the dating tips to managing your personal finances, we're not holding anything back. Here we go. So, do you have a steamy sex life or is that just the humidity? Who else is guilty of constantly complaining about the dating life in Hong Kong? Because I know I sure am. I pity my friends, to be honest. They've got to put up with me constantly whining about not meeting eligible men organically or how the apps are just accessible cesspool of dirtbags. I had to understand if this was just a perception problem or if we actually have an issue when it comes to dating and sex. And who better than Valentina and Sarah to chat to about this? Spoiler alert, I get schooled for my close mindedness about dating in Hong Kong and leave with some much-needed advice. Ready for some sexy talk? Happy Valentine's Day, friends! Welcome, ladies. We've got a very, very fun, fun episode planned. On Sassy, we've been trying to get a little bit more into like the intimacy, love, sex, dating, and just being a lot more open about it on the site. And we've actually received amazing response from the kind of articles that we've been putting up, mm-hmm. thanks to some of our incredible contributors. When we sat down to figure out, okay, like what do we want to do in this space on our podcast? I thought, I just want to have an open and candid conversation with two really awesome people about Dating, sex, relationships. And I really basically wanted to break down any barriers that people feel when they're talking about any kind of intimate subjects. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you two are some of the biggest experts i know and i've had the pleasure of listening to both of you guys speak on this topic and i, I just wanted to sit you both down in a room and just get really open really candid mm-hmm. down and dirty and uh, i gotta do it because uh let's talk about sex baby <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but first before we even get you know started into our icebreakers and stuff mm-hmm. i'd love to hear from you guys a little bit about yourselves how you ended up here just like quick like elevator pitch of yourself
3: okay my name is sarah i am a sex educator and coach i founded my platform sarah sense under which there is a podcast um called better in bed which talks about sex um And what I try to do with both Sarah Sansa and Better In Bed is try to change the conversation around sexuality, moving it from shame to one of pleasure and celebration and inclusiveness. And I'm Valentina.
1: I am a dating and relationship coach. My company is called Happy Ever After because I believe everybody dreams of being a princess (laughs) and wants to be happy forever. But... um, I guess Hong Kong is a really tough place for that. And I meet a lot of beautiful women who have everything except what they want in terms of a relationship. So I just wanted to help people find happiness. So um, when I met Sarah, she really inspired me into this world of podcasts. I'm actually thinking of having one of my own at some point soon. And yeah, I became, I became a fan of mm-hmm. this world and this way of communicating with people. And I'm so grateful to be here today.
2: So our little icebreaker for you guys, um, mm-hmm. I've got three terms and I would like, when I tell you what the terms are, for you to give me your best definition of the terms. So my first term is sploshing or wham, W-A-M.
3: Splashing is a messy food play. Sploshing is being in the water and making waves. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I will give this point to Sarah, that is absolutely yeah. right covering you or your significant other in food liquid anything runny and uh, consuming it off each other yeah. yeah so wham for the record stands for wet and messy mm-hmm. all right number two so i'm gonna give it my best go if you're listening and i've said it's completely wrong please tell me um Melania
3: sounds like a freckle fetish a nipple fetish okay, you guys were
2: kind of on the right term with fetishes but it's actually a sexual attraction to being tickled so, oh you know.
3: it's so unsexy
2: though <laughs> no, you're the I think, yeah I think, I think where they were going with this is one of those like you know the feather, feather. dusters kind of okay. thing. yeah because otherwise like people's fingers and you know,
3: yeah I would just say um, a tickle fetish yeah.
2: last but not least
3: tune in Tokyo sex shop in Tokyo which doesn't allow women.
2: I don't
1: think it has anything
3: to do with Japan.
2: I think it's, no, it probably doesn't. <laughs> so the, a tune in Tokyo, or rather the tune in Tokyo act, is the act of twisting or fiddling with one's nipples like their radio knobs. No one really knows why Tokyo is involved in that, but um,
0: you know, we, we thought we'd just
3: go
2: Good to it. know. But, um, I want to start with the obvious, of course. Um, what do you think the dating and sex culture is like in Hong Kong?
3: I think sex is great and dating is tough here. But I don't think that it is that unique to any other big city.
0: I was gonna say, um, <laughs> I hear this a lot like, oh Hong
1: Kong, <laughs> it's such a difficult place to date. I don't think it's any special. I really? think it's the yeah. same in London I think it's the same in New York. York. Ah. And I think this idea that dating is difficult is literally a limiting belief. Ah. Of course if you if you approach it as like oh my god it's a chore, it feels like a job interview mm. it's because we have these ideas that you know it's all dust you know like magic dust and you mm. see someone on the train and suddenly you have this magical relationship that's why you think it's difficult but all relationships they
0: work Mm. Yeah,
2: I'm really interested to hear that you think it's not harder in Hong Kong than it is somewhere else because I'm I'm very much single and I've found it really, really difficult in Hong Kong as mm. compared to when I've spent time in, say, San Francisco or I was recently in London and it just felt like, oh my god, I could... I literally, in San Francisco, sometimes I get into Uber pools and I'm like, I would ask you for coffee. But I, I just don't feel that way in Hong Kong. What made it feel different? I feel like I could meet people more organically. I don't know, I don't remember the last time I spoke to anyone at a bar in Hong Kong.
3: You might be on Hong Kong holiday mentality when you are away from your home country though so you know, holiday mentality is you're naturally a little bit more open Uh, and you have this sort of like nobody knows me here right so I can be whoever I want and that is a certain amount of freedom and liberation I feel the spontaneity of just being away
1: and also the other observation that I have is a lot of uh, women I know tend to go out with a lot of their friends at the same time you know, yes. like, okay, so you're in a club with a bunch of girls, you sort of don't talk to guys because guys don't really have the guts to approach five mm-hmm. or six women who are just going to be, you know, potentially sarcastic, potentially nasty with them and all that. I mean, poor guys, you know, we have to give it to them. They have to deal with so much rejection. It's, yeah. it's threatening. Yeah. So, When you're on holiday, you're by yourself and you're living in another city. Maybe you don't have such good close friends
2: that you hang out with all the time.
1: You know, when I'm with all my
2: girlfriends, I don't really care about the guys. We've been talking a lot about, oh, the guys deal with so much rejection. They feel really threatened coming up to girls, but like... I think we should change the conversation and just Mm -hmm. go up to guys ourselves. But to be honest, I'm just as threatened by like a group of really attractive (laughs) men as I assume men would be in the club. That's because we need to
1: relearn the art of flirting. It doesn't (laughs) have
2: to be, hey, what's your name straight away, but
1: you can, you know, flirt a bit. You know, I told Sarah, Mm the story, as you know from my podcast, that this whole journey started for me with this stupid question that people ask. is like, hey, where are you from? It's like, oh, for God's sake, just ask me something else. Because there's no flirting. There's no magic in this question. And it doesn't matter who's buying the drink, ultimately. I'm all for, let's, you know, the girls can make the first step. Totally. I
3: think making an observation about something that's going on around you is always a great icebreaker because it's not like saying... I really really want to talk to you yeah. right now yeah. it's just saying oh wow it's really crowded in here are you okay like or are you getting your drinks it's yeah. been really slow you know yeah. I will say something though for Hong Kong which I think is quite specific to Hong Kong is that Hong Kongers are very stressed out mm-hmm. um <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that it's quite particular to Hong Kong and I do think that a lot of times people are so busy with their work and with their lives that sometimes they don't really pay attention to their relationship life or their sex life and it does take a toll and I would say maybe that might be a little bit more unique to Hong Kong than to London or you know the States or North America. I think this idea of
1: we're so busy we can't live it's actually a disease mm-hmm. right we we make it a badge of honor mm-hmm. like oh I'm so busy and mm-hmm. then you if you're so busy you're not going to start talking about it for two hours right you're yes. just going to get on with your life but no we just love to talk about how busy we are Yeah. And I think we don't make time That's and true. this idea that you know I used to work in advertising before and people mm-hmm. would stay in the office forever mm-hmm. I used to go to every single one of them and say hey why are you still here go home so a lot of this is self-inflicted
3: I do find yeah. quite a lot of people say I have no time yeah. to date. I have no time to have sex. To have sex. Yeah. I'm
2: so guilty of this. i have sitting here, head hanging in shame. The number of times, all I am in like this amazing, amazing, empowered group of female friends where I am the only single one, mm-hmm. and they're constantly like, you know, put yourself out there, go do new things. And I'm like, nah, man. I got to do this, and I got to do this, and like the apps take so much time. So I'm really like taking on. On board this advice who knows i'm going to walk out of here with a whole new perspective it's all about priorities yeah
1: you know it's, yeah. it's not that we're that busy if you really want to do something you're going to find the time either mm-hmm. it's never going to happen i'm never going to find a guy to every single guy i meet is my mr right yeah so I think these are the two extremes yeah. that people operate in. And
2: how do how do you guys think about like navigating like the quote unquote sex landscape in Hong Kong? Because I feel like there can be so many extremes with that too. Where some people are, you know, they're only here for a year or two. They're like, I'm gonna have my fun, gonna do do what I want. Um, and then some people are like, you know, I'm you know no sex until like a fifth date or some arbitrary number. Some people yeah. are just not about
3: that. Knowing what you want. Um is probably the most important thing and then once you know that yourself then you can navigate it with other people i mean if somebody really really is super horny and wants to sleep with you (laughs) on the first date, but that's not what you're feeling then you just need to you know be open and you know verbally communicate you know you
1: can have the conversation about i believe that sex is better when you have a stronger connection and it's not just uh, yeah. the connection that is fueled by tequila shots, mm-hmm. but the connection that is fueled by similar interests mm-hmm. and maybe we discover interesting things about each other. That will make sex better. A lot of people go into a sexual relationship without exploring their likes and dislikes, their limits. I'm not saying you should go home <laughs> or somewhere and start going through your list of fantasies yeah. with the guy that you just met in Dragon Eye. <laughs> yeah. uh, but... At least you have some sort of conversation. I mean,
2: yes. I, I know you grew up in yeah. and around Asia. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of yeah. wanted to also ask about specifically Asian mm-hmm. culture. Like, I'm also part of this. Um, I'm Indian. It's a very taboo topic to yeah. even talk about sex. Yeah. Where, like, they expect you to, like, not date anyone forever. And then suddenly you hit, like, 25. And they're like, a- right, time to get married. Have Correct. To get married in yeah, it's exactly, the same with exactly. Chinese culture. So it's just interesting. Like, What do you think yeah. about the sex conversation in Hong Kong now versus, like, when you were growing up? Like how is, you know? I don't think it's really <laughs> yeah. changed that much. That's really sad um, to hear.
3: When I was younger, as a teenager, early twenties, it was very much your job is to study right now, and having sex or having even a boyfriend will distract you from that. And then early twenties um, to late twenties, it's more like okay, you can have a boyfriend, but we don't want to hear anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, early thirties. Where is your boyfriend? Sorry. Why? Yeah. When are you getting married? Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah,
3: it's <laughs> I know. Why aren't you having children?
0: Hold up.
2: having grown up in that kind of environment, how do you find a sexual confidence?
3: I have a few suggestions. Uh, The first thing is, clearly, because I'm a sex educator, education um, is to actually know what's out there and know what's possible. Um, Understand your body, whether it's through um, a you know, through self-exploration or through, you know, being with other people. Know what you want, know what your needs and desires, know what your fantasies, know what you like, what you don't like. I think also just understand that there are so many kinds of um, sexual expression out there that you can try. So after education, I think maybe Exploration is really important too. Practice makes perfect. And I think with exploration, it's also the permission to explore. So being able to give yourself permission to just try stuff that's outside of your comfort zone and that's okay because you never know what you might like and what you might not like. And then I think it's communication, right? Uh, Which is about then... Talking to whoever you've been with, asking them um, what they liked in the situation, what they didn't like, you know, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. And I think through that, you can kind of hone your process and build up your sexual confidence. If people tell you that you're doing things well or, you know, maybe you can do things better here or better there, then it actually helps with that as well. But I think to me, sexual confidence all starts from yourself. You know, for women, it's so important because women have so many sexual possibilities out there. And, you know, we need to get in touch with our bodies and all of the things that it can do for us.
1: I think just to add to everything that Sarah says, makes perfect sense. And I completely agree with her, of course. I think one thing that is really that I'd like to add is about um, learning not to be affected by people's judgment Mm -hmm. because i feel you know i've had a very similar experience growing up as you guys you know (laughs) saying don't get married don't get pregnant don't get married don't get pregnant and the way that i like just same as you uh, the way that i found my freedom was to go away Mm -hmm. go away from a society that constantly checks on you that wants to know what you're doing and I'm familiar with your community. There is a lot of judgment. There is Hong Kong is such a small place mm-hmm. when it comes to that yeah. that I think a lot of people find it very difficult to, to express themselves freely for fear of judgment.
3: Yeah. Or if you can't go away, I think what's important is to surround yourself with sex-positive people. Yeah. Um, and sex-positive means that you're people who are open and accepting of different forms of um sexual expression.
2: Okay, so here's here's the thing with me and sex toys it sounds really weird. Um there's so, <laughs> just they're so funny looking sometimes. I like, to okay, my bag. I can't it amazing. Wait, can we can we see it? Why not? Yeah, let's have a look at it. I want to try and I want to try and describe this, but at most it I can say at most I say it looks like kind of like a beetle. It looks like a
3: bit like a like, beetle. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's got like a body and two legs.
3: Yeah, it's the Eva, and it's by Dame Products. The founder of Dame Products was on my podcast, and she was talking about just the engineering, the science that goes into designing a product like that, meant wow. to be used hands-free. So, oh wow, a lot of the times for couples' toys. Um, the new trend is to have hands-free couples' toys that just sort of stay oh, in place. Yeah. Trust me,
1: I've walked around with a much worse sex toy yeah. in my
3: back. Yeah. I've had sex toys also in the middle of restaurants We just take it out Go, oh, like, have you seen this one? I'm like, yeah, I've seen this one. And it's really funny, but I used to. So my journey, obviously, to becoming a sex educator was I used to sell sex toys and I used to host workshops and parties for women. Is also getting used to sometimes the discomfort of having this sort of decades long shame that's built into you you know and you say the same you say I don't know why I feel this feels so weird but I say get used get comfortable with being uncomfortable because those are the conversations that are sometimes really really worth having yeah. when you when you feel uncomfortable it's also sometimes it's also because you're being vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there and you're not you're not really quite sure how it's going to be received, right? I think coming up more and more now
2: where I was talking to my friend about like monogamy, the idea of monogamy in relation to polyamory and what's happening. I think that's coming up more and more. Yeah. Um, and so I'd love to get your, get your thoughts on that.
1: If you really think back to the you know ancient times, this whole idea of monogamy didn't exist and people were happy, they didn't have all this disease. All these society rules that tell us, oh, you have to be with one person, clearly isn't working. Otherwise, so many people would not get divorced, would not 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 end up having all these uh, very heartbreaking experiences. If we were less jealous, less about possessing the person Mm -hmm. we're with and much more accepting that the way I am sexually with you will be very different to the way I am sexually with someone else, and that's okay, that I don't have to choose who I am in that respect, Mm -hmm. I think. We're starting to see the dawn of, of a change in, in our um, social perception, I think. Which is great. You know, this is what my future podcast is gonna be about. It's yeah. gonna be about Polly.
3: Yes, I, I definitely agree that there is more of a openness to different relationship styles these days. And I think the more people are open about their relationship style, um, not being monogamy, um, the more it helps to change the perceptions that monogamy is like the only way. The principle behind, you know, open relationships of every single kind is that the idea that one person can fulfill all of your needs and be your, yeah, it's, it's just a myth. Like, it's so idealistic that that person can be your best friend, your confidant, your lover. Um, it's... And do that for, you know, 40 years or 50 years, you know. It's as if, like, it's saying that you're not going to change as a person and your relationship is not going to evolve as well. Mm -hmm. And this is the real key to love. The key
1: to keeping the the attraction going. What we don't want to lose, we make safe. And by the very nature of safety, we make it boring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The moment something is safe and we feel like, yeah, I got this... I can rely on her or him to be with me. Like, "Mm, I don't really want her that much. You know, even the hottest guy in the world, once you marry him, you're like, yeah, okay, he's my (laughs) husband. I think it's a little bit of a misconception of what love means. Mm -hmm. I think we believe that love has to be that that passion, the last actually. Mm -hmm. the the passion, the hormones, the the obsession that we feel in the beginning of the relationship. And then when that naturally wears off, we think, oh, I I don't love you anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not true though, because if you've developed that relationship outside of the bedroom, you can have a very beautiful relationship that maybe doesn't have the same level of passion and and sexual desire as you had before, but it can still be very, very
2: um, fulfilling. You guys, you've like, changed my perspective on a lot and given me a lot to think about, actually. Mm-hmm. So I, and I hope that our, our listeners also take away um, a little bit more of an open mind and a little bit different perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, just, I would like highly, highly encourage all of our listeners also to listen to Sarah's podcast and Valentina's upcoming
3: podcast. Um, anything else you'd like to throw in there, like to add in? I think if people are looking for good um, resources, about sex and sex education. I There's a bunch of podcasts. Um, I mean, obviously, mine's one of them. But there's a bunch like Sex with Emily, Dan Savage, if podcasts are your thing. I also really like the platform OMG Yes, which is actually based on a huge study. Probably one of the biggest studies done of all time on female sexual pleasure. Ooh. And it actually shows you, if you go into it, I've subscribed um, for a, a short time period of time but if you actually go into it it shows how varied um Sexual pleasure for women actually is, and you know, how there's so many different ways that women can even pleasure themselves. The whole thing that, um, you know, women don't enjoy sex as much as men, you know, female orgasm is way more elusive than male orgasm. I think that's a myth. You know,
1: I think it's elusive because we don't allow it, because shame and guilt and this kind of uh, traditional education has taught women that mm-hmm. there's something wrong with enjoying pleasure. Yeah. I, I work with women who have never allowed themselves to enjoy pleasure and that makes me very sad and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've had your fair share of those kind of clients. So my message especially for your female listeners would be to kind of dissociate sex from shame sex is as natural as eating pleasure if you if you allow yourself to eat a chocolate cake when you're feeling sad you should also allow <laughs> yourself a really nice uh, session of masturbation yeah because actually the endorphins are going to be much more powerful yeah. than from that cake <laughs> plus if you're not getting fat <laughs> yeah. but uh you know just in the in the broader scheme of things i think it's really important for women to to allow themselves to experience pleasure and to yeah. and just switch this this little button in our head that says, oh, this is this is just for men. Men should enjoy pleasure. We should just be there to facilitate that for them. But that's so wrong because we
3: have so much more capacity for yeah. pleasure than they do. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that the female body has the clitoris, yeah. the fact that we can have multiple orgasms, yeah. the fact that we have so many more types of yeah. orgasms. There's uh, cervical yeah. orgasms, a yeah. orgasms. I mean, many many more. Types yeah. out there then men can have. Yeah. Our sexual energy actually feeds us, keeps us yeah. young,
1: keeps us yeah. strong. Whereas yeah. for men,
3: sexual, well, sexual release is actually draining. Yeah. Um, where can we find you guys on the internet? I'm very active on Instagram, so hello Sarah Sense. Um, or you can find me on my platform sarasense.com or also on my column which i write regularly for sassy yes. so you can look out for that and my website is www.happyeverafter not
1: happily ever after <laughs> happy ever after asia Uh, On Instagram, I'm uh, fairy godmother, fairy underscore godmother zero
2: zero. That is actually not the end. I have a very, very quick, quick rapid fire for you guys to wrap up. Um, Before we get into this, I want a one-line definition of what does sassy mean to you. Or what is
3: sassy? Super confident and authentic and out there living life to the max. Feminine, authentic, powerful.
2: So we're going to play a quick game called Sassy or Not Sassy, oh. and I'm going to give you a couple of things and terms and phrases, acts, and you're going to tell me sassy or not sassy at the same time, in your opinion. Okay. So number one, Tinder. Sassy. sassy. Not sassy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I- Fifty Shades of Grey. The Not movie. sassy. Not. Oh God! <laughs> and uh, the the last one, the ever ever amazing eggplant emoji. Oh, it's sassy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, amazing to talk to you guys. Uh, yeah, and we look forward to even more conversations with you both. Thank
0: you. Yeah.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So that's all for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed yourself and learned something new from our guests. If you want to dive deeper into today's topic, we've got all the information you need, as well as some extra reading in the show notes, as well as on our website. If you've liked what you've heard, be sure to subscribe, review, and share our podcast with your friends, your family, your next door neighbors, strangers on the street. Hey, it could be the best conversation starter. You can find us anywhere on social media at Sassy Hong Kong if you want to connect with our team some more. We couldn't have made this podcast without the help of some amazing people. So a big thank you to our producer Susie and the team at Create Productions. Without our guests, we literally wouldn't have anything to talk about. So as always, show them some love and follow them on the internets. And finally, the biggest thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us along the way. This has been Sassy Speaks. Sarmai out. How old
0: up?